thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that you've never failed us. You never will fail us, Father. We have complete confidence in you, Father. Father, we thank you that your word gives us complete confidence in you, Father. Your spirit allows us to have complete confidence in you. Father, we've seen how you operated in mankind through all the generations, Father, and how you never left them, never forsook them, Father. And you were faithful from the very beginning until the current day, Father. Father, we thank you. Based just on your chapter record alone, Father, we can say that you will never turn away from your word, that you'll always do everything that you say that you do. We thank you for these things, Father. And we praise you for them in Jesus' name. Praise God. The Lord's uh, good. Amen. Amen. We appreciate all the good things he's done for us. Amen. And uh, uh, we have been, uh, of course, we're in healing school today. And uh, if you didn't know it, today uh, we started uh, healing school uh, in January of 2015. So now we're in January of uh, 2024. So we're starting our ninth year uh, of healing school, right? During 20, yeah. 2024, so uh, we've completed um, eight years of healing school, and so uh, the Lord is good, amen, and uh, we don't really see any end in sight uh, as far as the doctrine, amen, uh, there's uh, always more things to teach, and there's always, you know, even if you're looking at the exact same scripture, I know we've taught this uh, over the years, there's 80, about 82 different uh, uh, examples of supernatural healing in the scriptures, and no, no doubt we have mentioned the same, uh, some of the same examples multiple times, but uh, uh, it's like anything, the Word of God is, is progressive revelation. You can teach on the same uh, exact scriptures multiple times and, and still obtain additional uh, revelation from it. Uh, and so we're thankful for that. Amen. Uh, and so let's open our Bibles to the book of 1 Thessalonians. We had mentioned this verse a couple of weeks ago, but I think it'd be good just to start there and springboard from that uh, scripture. So uh, Dr. McCrossan is teaching here about why uh, the New Testament church, why every Christian should accept Jesus as their healer for today. Of course, we've already accepted him as our Lord and Savior, but we need to accept him as our healer. And so he's, he's uh, making the case uh, of why we should do that. Why should we believe that Jesus is the healer today? And um, uh, I, I just find it odd as a Christian that there are people today in the church who just don't believe that. Uh, and I, uh, I, I, mean, I understand the reasoning behind it. I know why they think that. It still seems odd to me. Uh, it's like, have you ever met him? You know, I mean, have, do you know him? If you knew him at all, even at, a, at the most basic level, you would know that he's your healer, amen, uh, without exception, right? And of course, so the thing we've said from day one, that uh, it's God's will every single time without exception to heal your body. Uh, and really, if you could start there, if you could start with that knowledge, that revelation, that understanding, and believe that, everything else becomes easier. Because uh, much of the church is, is uh, uh, fighting and, and struggling to understand, why am I sick? And, and, and they've got one foot in, well, maybe God wants me to be sick. Or maybe one foot of, maybe, you know, uh, maybe my sin, maybe this is my lot in life to bear, or 
you know, they, they've got all, all kinds of, of doubts and unbeliefs about healing. And so they have no sure foundation. They, they can't start from anywhere because they don't know where to start. And so they're treading water at best in the area of healing. Uh, and maybe they'll get it, maybe they won't, uh, because they don't believe that it's God's will every single time uh, without exception to heal them. Uh, and uh, if you could start from that perspective, that, from that revelation, because it's a true revelation, then, it, you know, there are times when uh, if you don't know the source of your sickness or you don't know the cause of your sickness, or if there is a cause to your sickness, you know, sometimes there is a cause for the sickness that's something that you've done to open up the door to the devil. Uh, it may take a while for you to spend enough time in prayer to find that out. Uh, now, if, if you know the Lord, you know that he'll always answer you. He'll always give you the answer, uh, but you have to seek him out. A lot of times people just say, well, it's God wants me to be sick. And, and God's in heaven going, I, I didn't say that. Did I say that? Did you say that? Who said that? No, nobody in heaven said that. Who said that? Uh, and so th there's nothing for him to do. If you, if you believe that God wants you to be sick, then what, what is his response to that? Especially if you just accuse him of that and don't ask him, he may never respond. He may never, you know, he may never defend himself. Uh, he may never butt into your life and say, well, I didn't say that. He may just leave it alone. He may just, you know, if you want to think that about him, he's under no pressure because the Bible says that he has no reputation. He's not trying to protect it. Well, I, you know, I need to make sure if people think that about me. I got to let them know that, you know, I'm not really that way. Uh, and I don't want people thinking bad about me, so I better correct them every time they think bad about me. He's not under any pressure about that at all. He may, there are people who have thought bad about the Lord for centuries. He, he doesn't, he doesn't butt into their lives. And, you know, some denominations that have been around for centuries don't believe in the God as a healer. Is he appearing to them in, in their pulpit and saying, uh, I didn't say that. No, you just let them believe that, you know. Uh, and and um, now I think if any of them ask, any of them would say, well, Lord, is this right? You'd be like, it ain't been right from the day you believed it, right? Uh, uh, and so, so we, if we could start from the standpoint that, yes, God is a healer uh, all the time, every single time without exception, then we can go to the next step of, well, Lord, is there a cause? And the answer may be no, but the answer could be yes. If it, regardless of the answer, the next step is to, to do what's necessary to remove the cause. Uh, and, and then... Uh, uh, you know, it's kind of like a flow chart, right? I don't know, you're not engineers or anything, but you know, you got flow charts. Well, if it's yes, then you go over here and you do this. If it's no, you go over here and do this. But at the end of it, you still do the, get the healing, right? So it doesn't matter which, if you go left or go right, at the end of the day, you still end up at the same place, which is get your healing. Uh, and so uh, we won't draw a flow chart for it, but you know you could, right? Uh, and so it'd be a really simple flow chart. Uh, and so, what's that? Circle back, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, and so... Uh, Anyway, so I think it might be funny to make a flow chart like that sometime because the logic would be really dumb for most people. It's like, uh, is God our healer? Yes. Well, can I get healing? No. No, you can't get there. You know, that, that you can never get there from point A to point B, right? And yet some people go, okay, God's always my healer, but I'm not going to get healed. It's like, well, okay, that, those two things don't fit, right? And yet people will say this over here, but then what they, what they confess, you know, when, you're, when they're at lunch well, that's that's different. You were you were singing God's praises over here as your healer, but at lunchtime you're saying, "Yeah, it always gets me." Well, I mean, uh, which way is it, right? Uh, which is 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 he your healer or not? So anyway, it's uh, I don't know. I just uh, I, I feel for people that really struggle with these things because the Word of God is very simple. God is not complicated. I know he's he's deep, but 
if you know he's if you know he he is a god of love and he is love actually that makes everything easy well what would a loving god do a loving god would heal you i mean that makes it so simple right and you go, well, brother, you don't know the depths and the wisdom of God. You know, sometimes, you know, his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And well, that, that would mean that his ways are better than our ways and his thoughts are better than your thoughts. If that's so, if you, if you had the ability to heal every single person, wouldn't you do that? Well, if you, as, a, as a, Jesus said, if you being evil, right, in relation to him, but if you being evil would do good things to your children, how much more would your Father do in heaven do for you? How much more would he do for you, right? And he said, you're an amateur. As, as good as you think you are, you're an amateur compared to him. Uh, and and uh, the, these things are not hard to understand, amen? And so Paul is, is talking here in First Thessalonians uh, chapter 1. Uh, he says in verse 5, he says, for our gospel, so the good news that he was preaching to them, came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in, and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Uh, and so Paul said when he came and brought them the gospel, the good news, well, wouldn't good news be God will heal you every single time? Seems like that'd be pretty good news, right? Is it good news? Like, you better watch out. God's going to get you, right? Uh, I mean, it sounds like the Santa Claus song, right? Uh, and so uh, it's... Uh, uh, how's that song go, right? Uh, better not. Yeah, better not pout. Better not cry. Santa Claus is coming to town. You know, I don't know. What, I don't know. You know. I mean, they make, they're scared of Santa Claus, right? I don't know. But then they, they put that on God, too. It's the same way, right? Better watch out. God's going to get you. Um, but that's not the good news. The good news is God will heal you every single time. If you'll do what's necessary to obtain your healing, you don't earn it, but, you know, uh, you have to believe for it. Uh, and so he said, uh, he, it didn't, uh, the good news didn't come unto you in word only. Uh, and, and I like that, you know, because a lot of times the church, all they have is words. You know, they have no action in their life. They have no power in their life. All they have is words. Uh, and you see that a lot of times, you know. Uh, and um, he said, you know, we didn't come to you just in words only, but also in power, and that word power there is dunamis, right? The supernatural miracle work and power of God. So we came to you not just saying words. Uh, you know, we're not trying to intellectualize the gospel. We're not trying to convince you mentally that God is good. We're going to show you God is good. We've got a supernatural miracle work and power. We're going to heal your children. We're going to deliver your, your, your brothers and sisters. We're going to help you uh, power and in the Holy Ghost. Uh, and so uh, that, that's really how it ought to be. And what Paul is saying is uh, that uh, based on what we see from the work of Jesus, right, that Jesus said that, that he came in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus said, I'm going I'm to pray and ask the Lord to send you another Holy Spirit. We talked about that last week. And it's, an, it's another comforter, right, a comforter of the same kind. And uh, then after the Lord Jesus, of course, Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also, right, and greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father, now Paul is saying, look, now, now we've, we've left the ministry of Jesus. He's in heaven. Now we are in the ministry. We're, we have taken over the task of ministering to the world from the Lord Jesus. He's still the head of the church. But now it's our responsibility to do this. And how are we doing it? We're doing it exactly the same way Jesus did it. He came uh, in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Not in word only, right? He, he didn't come just preaching to everybody. The Bible says he would preach, heal, and deliver. 
and so he would do all of the things, right? He would do some things in the natural realm. Sometimes he'd feed them. Sometimes he'd raise their dead. Sometimes he'd do supernatural uh, deliverance, cast devils out or heal, uh, uh, heal leprosy or, the, or blindness or whatever it was. Uh, so he, he didn't come with just a word only. He came, the gospel, the good news uh, inherently has power in it, right? And we, we know that from the book of uh, Romans, right? Uh, that there's power in, in, in the gospel. Uh, and so is that a different power than Jesus had? Do we have a different, like Jesus set up a whole new power structure in the church than he had when he was on the earth? No, because Paul said it's the Holy Spirit, right? It's the Holy, in, in the King James, it's the Holy Ghost, but it's always the same word, pneuma, uh, which is uh, uh, the Greek word for spirit. Uh, I'm not sure why the King James thought ghost would be a good word, you know, uh, instead of spirit, but um, ghost always thinks like, you know, you think of Casper or somebody, uh, but um, it's, it's always, anytime you see the word Holy Ghost, it uh, could have and probably should have been translated as just Holy Spirit, I think that's a better word for the, for the Holy Spirit than Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, and so, uh, but he said the gospel came in word and in power. And he said that in 1 Corinthians, we'd read that I think also already. Uh, and um, uh, that's the good news, right? The good news is not just words, but it's demonstration of how good the Lord is. Uh, and so he's making the case, we are operating exactly the same way that Jesus did. Well, did that come to an end? Uh, did the gospel come to an end? Because Paul said we, came, we brought the gospel in supernatural power, right? We brought the gospel along with supernatural power. And people make all kinds of intellectual arguments. That, well, that came to an end. There's no need for supernatural power now. So now you're saying that we should, instead of following Paul's example, we should bring the gospel in word only. Paul said, I didn't bring the gospel in word only. But you're saying, well, we need to stop doing it like Paul did. And now we need to come up with our own plan. Well, Paul, you know, that was fine for Paul, you know, because, he, you know, he didn't really know as much as we know. Uh, and so now we're going to do a, a, we're going to bring the gospel in a better way. So we're going to stop all this power and demonstration stuff, you know, that makes us uncomfortable. And we're going to just uh, give book reports because that's way better. People are way more interested in hearing a book report than seeing their children delivered from sickness and disease. Uh, anybody anybody want to sign up for that? Lord, can you just take all this power away? We don't like all this power stuff, you know. Uh, just give us words, uh, words, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's all we want to know is just words, right? Uh, and, and so, uh, no, we want to follow the example of Jesus. And if people say, well, you know, uh, that was only Jesus. Okay, fine, let's follow Paul. Well, that was only for, you know, the, the apostles, right? Uh, and they'll tell you, they, they come up with all kinds of weird ideas, like, well, that was necessary to start the church, but... Uh, now that the church is established, then we don't need power anymore. I was like, well, where is the church established in that way? That it's so established that it doesn't need any supernatural intervention in their lives. And what if you start a brand new church? Because, you know, Paul's writing to the church at Thessalonica here. So he started that church. So in order to start that church, he had power and demonstration. So we started our church here uh, officially in Dayton in 2013. So does that mean we were, we were allowed to have signs and wonders in 2013, but not today. I mean, we've been now uh, here teaching on healing for nine years now. Uh, should we stop with the, with the power? I mean, when do we decide, okay, it's established now, let's get rid of all the good stuff and have words only, right? Uh, and not that uh, words aren't good, uh, but words, supernatural words, are always followed by supernatural signs. And so, um, so uh, uh, it's the same 
Uh, that, that word uh, power there, of course, you could follow that, and it's used throughout the Word of God. Uh, and I, I always like to, anytime I see that word power, I always like to replace it with supernatural miracle work and signs and uh, wonders of the Lord, uh, because that's what it is, right? Uh, and so let's go back to uh, Luke 24. So he's continuing on in, in this, uh, this discussion and showing us that if it was so that Jesus started this way, then it should still be continuing today. Because uh, if you understand, when Jesus was doing these things, he was laying the groundwork for, okay, you all see me, how, how I'm doing it? I want you to do the exact same thing. It wasn't, it wasn't like, okay, everything I'm doing here, just forget it because you're not going to do it anyway, right? Why would he go to all the trouble of showing these examples and say, okay, all this right here, don't do any of that. Uh, but what did he do when he, told, when he sent out the, the uh, 12? He said, go and preach, to, pre- preach the kingdom of heaven and heal their sick. What did he do when he told the 70 to go out who weren't, who weren't apostles? You go out and tell them about the kingdom of heaven and heal their sick. So what's the difference today? Uh, uh, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I just, I just want, sometimes I want to, do you really believe that? Do you really believe that God stopped doing these things? Yeah, you know, I, I, I sense that part of the reason why they say that is, is to justify why they're not experiencing any miracles in their own life. It's not my fault that I have no miracles. God just to stop, decided to stop doing it. And if, he, and if his, in his great wisdom he stopped, well, then who am I to, to make him start? Uh, or, you know, and, and that may be a little bit harsh. Maybe just that they don't believe it or they don't see it. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't see any miracles. Well, that's you just told off in yourself, right? Uh, pray, get the miracles operating in your life. Amen? Uh, and so uh, it's the same word there. Now, Jesus said here in Luke 24, uh, let's start here in verse... Uh, um, well, let's see. Uh, yeah, we'll start, start in verse 49. He said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Uh, so what is the promise of the Father upon us? It's the Holy Spirit, right? He, he, he's prophesying about the Holy Spirit that, that's fixing to come, right? So this is after the cross, right? After the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Uh, and we know from, from, the re- from the crucifixion of Jesus until the Holy Spirit showed up was, was 50 days. That was the day of Pentecost came 50 days after uh, Passover, which is when he was crucified. Uh, and so he's telling you, I'm going to send you. I will send you. So did he send him? He did send him. So he, but he never says, I'm going to send him, but just for a little while, I'm going to take him back, right? I mean, just till, you know, for the first couple, uh, you know, few decades uh, until, you know, all these guys die off, right? Uh, and so... But that doesn't make any sense because it, it, he came and, and he's prophesying, I'm going to send you the, uh, the promise of the Father. And a lot of people say, when the last apostle died, this ended, right? Well, when they talk about apostles, what are they talking about? Are they talking about the apostles of the Lamb, which is the group of 12, right, that was a commissioned by the Lord Jesus in the Gospels? Uh, was it that, that group of apostles? Well, no, Paul's included. Okay, now that you're going to include Paul, well, now you kind of open up the gates because there are other apostles, like Barnabas was called an apostle, Timothy was called an apostle, Silas was called an apostle. There's 20, uh, 25 named and unnamed apostles in the New Testament. Uh, James, the, the brother of Jesus, was an apostle. So uh, now, uh, if those apostles, you had to wait till those died, well, then why were those apostles commissioned, right? We know why the 12 were commissioned, because they were there to be commissioned as witnesses of Jesus. But then Paul was commissioned in Acts chapter 9. So that's a decade after the, uh, the day of Pentecost. 
Uh, and so it, Paul was out uh, murdering the church members for years. Uh, and finally, the Lord said, okay, let's poke him. Just, you know, go, go, go show some glory to Paul and he'll fall down uh, and, and he'll get the revelation that uh, you're on the wrong team. Uh, and Paul's like, what, really? You know, you can imagine Paul. After, I mean, he was zealous, right? He was overly zealous, going, going from place to place with, with papers from the high priest to go, oh, you're, you're a Christian, you know, in jail to you. Uh, and then all of a sudden he gets to Revelation. He goes, wow, man, that's, you know, uh, oops, you know, my bad, right? Uh, and so, uh, but that was years after, after the church was established. I mean, the, the church of Pentecost had been going on all those years, tens of thousands of people in there. And the Lord said, we still need somebody else to go, you know, other places. Uh, and so, uh, so are you talking about when the last apostle died? Are you talking about the kind like Paul? Well, then, then you get into the whole, uh, and people believe this, there are no more apostles today. Really, there's no more apostles today. Based on what? I mean, uh, uh, you know, then, then you got to go, well, then ask the question, well, why were apostles sent? Then you go to, you know, we, and we've gone that, uh, there pl- plenty of times. In fact, we'll just go, we'll come back to Luke 24 in just a second. Uh, but we'll just stay on this little path here. But we know, uh, we know this scripture, but it's always good to, uh, because when people say, uh, when the last apostle died, miracle ceased. And, and you say, you're exactly right. You are 100% right. When the last apostle died, miracle ceased. And then they go, oh, you believe that? Yeah, 100%. Uh, and then they say, well, when, when the last apostle died? There's never been a last apostle died. There are apostles today, right? Uh, and so, you know, of course, then they get mad at you. They go, oh, you're just trying to be foolish or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but he said uh, uh, here in Ephesians chapter 4, he said in verse 8, wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captive, captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. So this, this is really talking about the last ascension of Jesus that we saw, right, in Acts chapter 1. Remember, said they watched him and he was ascended and the angel said, what are you looking for? And, uh, and, and so, uh, uh, so that's when he ascended. This is what he's talking about here in this particular case, uh, that when he ascended, he gave gifts unto men. Okay, well, what are the gifts here? Well, this particular word gifts here is, is uh, doma, D-O-M-A. It's a Greek word for, for doma there. Uh, and it just, means a, uh, a, it just means a gift, right? It's not uh, really all that uh, uh, complicated. If you go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we see where it talks about gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's the Greek word for charisma. That's why we're called charismatics, because it's, a, it's from the Greek word charisma, which means supernatural manifestations. In this case, when he said gifts, it just means like a present, like you get at Christmas. It's got a bow on it, right? It's all wrapped up. It's pretty. Uh, and, and the Lord said, I want to give you a gift. Uh, and that's what he, gives, get, he gave us, gifts unto men. Well, what are the gifts that he gave us? And it says in verse 11, and he gave some apostles. So th- th- does that imply that everybody is not an apostle? That's what it implies, right? So he didn't say he gave uh, everybody uh, to be an apostle. He gave some apostles. So that means some are apostles and some are not. Uh, and so some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Uh, so that's what he said. Well, he did. And then he stopped giving them. But then, you know, you can't stop reading there. You've got to read the whole context of what he's saying. Uh, he, in verse 12, he continues, what's the purpose of these gifts? What's the purpose of having these, we call them fivefold ministry gifts, uh, because, I know it's a big revelation, there's five mentioned here, right? So five ministry gifts, uh, and we call them ministry gifts because that's what Jesus called them. He called them gifts, right? So they're called ministry gifts. So it's perfectly fine to call them that. Or you can call them offices, and he says, here's why I decided to give the church these gifts. Uh, he said, for the perfecting 
or the equipping or the building, uh, building up or the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, and that word means to be built up of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect or mature man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So you say, okay, well, here's the plan. Then Jesus is going to give these until some point in time. Now, some people say he gave them until the last one died. Uh, and, and he gave the gifts along with these apostles, and those gifts ended when the last apostle died. But there's no Bible for that at all. There's no, no doctrinal basis for that. But there's a doctrinal basis that, yes, the, the fivefold ministry gifts will come to an end. And Jesus said, here's the, here's the time span of when they'll be on the earth. And people will say, there's no biblical there's no biblical evidence or proof that God, that there are still apostles and prophets in the church today. Uh, could, could, you can read, right? I mean, oh, you're, you're five years old? Okay, maybe you can't read yet. All right, we, we'll give you a let that slide. But if you're an adult, well, let's read what the Word says, because the Word says here is the time frame of when the fivefold ministry gifts will be uh, assigned to the church, right? That Jesus gave these gifts unto men. Uh, and so who, uh, what position does Jesus hold today in relation to the church? He's the head of the church. And, and see, so if you could appreciate that, as the head of the church, he's in charge of how the church runs. He said, here's how I want the church to run. I'm going to assign ministry gifts to specific to some people on the earth, not to everybody, to some people on the earth. And I want them to go and have this resp- responsibility first and foremost. The very first thing is to perfect the saints, right? Or to cause them to grow up and to mature. So if, if, is that true? Is that what it says? Yes. Are all Christians mature? What if they all mature at this very second? Well, if somebody gets born again, now we're back at square one. Uh, is anybody getting born again today? If, if there's any people getting born again today, then they are not perfected, right? They're not mature yet. They've got to grow up. And so if, if they're getting born again, and hopefully, you know, the church, people are getting born again every day. It doesn't matter how old you are. People get born again when they're young. People get born again when they're old. Their natural age doesn't matter. Uh, but if they get born again, is there a need for them to grow up in the, in the Lord? There is. If there's a need for them to grow up in the Lord, whose responsibility is it to assist them in growing up? It's specifically the fivefold ministry of grace, right? According to the head of the church, the one who started this established church, his, he said the responsibility for causing saints to grow up is the ministry. And people all the time say, I don't go to church. I just get everything I need just reading books and getting it on myself. Well, then you'll never be perfected. Not biblically, you'll never be perfected. And people, well, I don't need, you know, I can read like you can. That's, you are correct. You can read like I can. But there are things that the Lord will teach the ministry gifts that he will not teach the church unless it comes through the ministry gifts. If, the, if the, he set it up this way, and he did, then, then we have to be okay with that. And some people, some people have a really hard time that God would do anything differently for some person, some people that he will do for others. And, and why is that? Because, I mean, he's done, that, he's done that in the natural realm forever. Aren't some people capable of singing and other people are not? Aren't some people capable of playing instruments and some people aren't? Aren't some people intelligent and some people, uh, you know, uh, academically intelligent? And aren't some people super intelligent at building things? And maybe those two, you know, they're not very uh, compatible, right? Aren't people really good at sports? And then some people, you know, can't hardly walk out the door without falling down. Uh, I mean, uh, who, well, who made them that way? Well, God made them that way. Uh, and so God treats people differently all the time. Amen. He puts into you whatever he decides to put into you. Uh, he put into me to be a teacher. I've been a teacher long before I was even a Christian. I was, you know, I was teaching, you know, uh, I got born, and, 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 and I said, well, doctor, I think if you'd have done it this way, you know, you might could have, uh, I might could have made it better out, out of the birth canal there, right? 
but, uh, uh, you know, in high school I was teaching. Uh, you know, I'd come into my geometry class and teachers said, I'm, you know, I'm busy. Why don't you go teach this lesson to the class? And I was really good at math and geometry. And I'd get up on the board and start teaching the, 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 the students de- uh, geometry. Uh, I was doing that long before I was in the ministry. Well, why is that? Because I'm called to be a teacher. That's what I'm called to do. And, uh, you know, sometimes people take that, that ability and they go use it only for their personal gain. And they never say, well, Lord, did you want me to apply this gift? You gave me this gift. Did you want me to apply this gift to the kingdom in some way? Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, he may make somebody a great salesman. Well, that doesn't mean that they're a pastor. You know, some people, some pastors are salesmen, right? Uh, and maybe they should be back in the car lot instead of in the pulpit. You know, I don't know. But, uh, you know, some people, he gives them talents for natural things to, 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 to generate income for themselves and for the ministry. Uh, and so, and that's fine if the Lord wants to do that. Uh, but he gave, uh, he gave these gifts. Number one responsibility for the gifts is to perfect the saints. And see, when I read this as a pastor, because is a pastor listed in the, in, the, in the group of five? It is, right? And so, well, we don't call them pastors. Well, Jesus did. Well, I'm not a pastor. I'm a, you know, they call them, I'm a, I'm a preaching elder, you know. <laughs> what this? That's just, that's like, I mean, you're just twisting it. How could I just not say what Jesus said? I didn't write this. Jesus wrote this through the hands of Paul, right? He called a pastor. What's wrong calling him? Oh, you're sure going to be called a pastor. I don't, you know, I just wonder about the intelligence of some people, right? Uh, and so uh, pastors are in that list. So is my number one responsibility to have the best uh, playground of all the churches in town? No, is my number one responsibility to have the best youth program of any church in town? No, nothing wrong with having a good youth program. My number one responsibility to have the best building in town? No, my number one responsibility is to perfect the saints. And, and I see that as a, as a grave responsibility, right? As, as a weighty, heavy responsibility. That's my, my primary responsibility. Now, and I've had people fuss at me because, well, you don't have a men's fellowship group. Okay, I, I, you're correct. You know, would you like to lead one? No, I'm not doing that. Well, then that's why we don't have one, right? Uh, and, and, and so, because I'm not going to do that. Uh, my, my number one responsibility is not to lead a, a men's fellowship group. Is, is that what it says? Your number one responsibility is to make sure men have a good time and they go have fun and do, do men's stuff, right? Whatever that is, right? Uh, and I used to lead men's fellowship for my pastor years ago. And we would do things, right? We'd just do stuff, you know, we'd have a good time. And, uh, and so, but it, as a pastor, is that my number one responsibility? No, it's not my number. It's not, in fact, is it, it my responsibility at all? Is it even in the list? It's not even in the, men's fellowship is not in the list, right? So it means you're wrong to have them. That's not wrong to have it's fellowship, right? Nothing wrong with fellowship, uh, but it's not it, it's not called out. So if it's not called out, then it can't be the highest priority at all, right? And so there's a lot of things churches do that are fine, perfectly fine to do, but not on the priority list. And a lot of pastors get involved in things that they ought not get involved in, and they end up really losing the anointing of God upon their life because they're off, you know. Uh, building buildings and, 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 and doing all the work in the church and doing all the cleaning in the church. And, and some people believe, well, you're a pastor, you know, you don't have a real job, so you should be sweeping the floors and painting the walls. And you know, I thought studying was my real job. Uh, isn't studying to prepare to, to perfect the saints? Is that a real, sounds like a real job to me, right? Well, one guy said, said uh, I, uh, I want your job. You only work one hour a week, right? I'm like, all right, big boy, we just swap jobs for a week and let's see how it goes, right? You go come up with three messages a week, every single week, brand new message every single week uh, that you didn't get from somebody else, right? 
uh, one, one buddy of mine said, where do you get your messages from? You got like a book uh, of sermons? You said, like a, they make them, right? They got, you got 10,000 sermons, right? I mean, you could just start at page one and never have to study the rest of your life. Well, wouldn't that be great? I, if I did that, my pastor would, would raise himself from the dead and come and fuss at me, right? How dare you? I taught you to better than that, right? Uh, and yet, do people do that? People do that every day. People just, uh, they don't put any effort into their ministry. They, uh, they just get a book, page one, okay, talk about love. Okay, love, uh, 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 what was it Brother Randy said? You know, uh, uh, it's like, it's like a, uh, uh, an apple pie, right? It's, it's a, a lemon pie. It's fluffy on top and it's sweet in the middle, right? Uh, he, he said, I can't do that. But people do that, right? They'll just go pick a book of sermons. You know, and and um, no, my number one responsibility, the number one responsibility of the fivefold ministry gifts is to perfect and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Uh, and, and now I, uh, I know a lot of, uh, over the years, and I've heard this many times, and it, and it always bothered me, and I don't know why it bothered me until I started studying and meditating on it, but many times, I've heard this message many times, the work of the ministry is sweeping the floor, painting the wall, and you've got to work. You know, if you're going to be, uh, I'm going to come and perfect you. Uh, now, now, that doesn't make any sense. I'm called of God from before the foundation world to teach you how to, how to vacuum the floor. That's what I'm called to do, to teach you how to paint the wall. That's not what I'm called you to do, to, to, to clean the toilets. Those things, all, do all those things need to be done? They do need to be done. And somebody's got to do them, Right? But that's not why God gave gifts to men to make sure that, that you know how to clean the toilets, right? Oh, you gotta, everybody, everybody should clean the toilets at least once, you know, because that proves how spiritual you are. It's like, whatever. I mean, we've we got the weirdest ideas about things. Uh, sir, are, we, are, are we all servants? If we are all servants, the toilets will get cleaned, right? If we're all servants, the walls will get painted. If we're all servants, the floor will get vacuumed. Amen? Uh, and, and, and there's no big deal, right? Some people are like, oh, it's such a big deal. You know, I'm such a mighty servant of God. I, I, I walked by, I picked up that piece of paper that was on the floor, and nobody even noticed, right? Uh, and, and they think God, you know, is going to move heaven because they picked up that scrap of paper. Uh, my job, it, what's the work of the ministry? The Bible says that all of us have been given the, the ministry of reconciliation, the whole church. That's the work of the ministry. All of us can go outside these doors and tell any lost person, you have been reconciled and brought back into per perfect favor with God. All you have to do is accept it and, and you get all the blessings of heaven. So the work, the work of the evangelist is the whole church. All of us are to be doing that, right? And even to the, to the Christians who, who are unaware. You mean God would do that for me? Absolutely, right? That's the work of the ministry. You take what you learn and hear and you go outside and you tell other people God is good. And that's really the design of the, of the church, right? That's the design that the head of the church uh, gave to us. Uh, and so, so the question is, have all saints been perfected? Have we arrived? If we have not arrived, uh, and, and no sane person would say, yep, all of us, the whole church is perfected. Well, you just saying that proves that to be a, a false statement, right? Because uh, especially you saying that, you know, uh, and I know you, you are not perfected, Amen. Uh, and look, I've got a mirror at home. I go home mirror. That ain't perfection right there, right? Now, some people look at the mirror and go, oh, wow, I'm so perfect. I can't hide No, that's never. I walk by the mirror and go, wow, I've got a lot of work to do. Uh, and so uh, if that's true, that, that perfection has not arrived yet in the church, then there is still a need for these fivefold ministry gifts. And for you to say that that has come to an end, then you're telling the head of the church, Jesus, you're wrong. Uh, we don't need these ministry gifts in the church anymore. And people will fuss, uh, have arguments and, and have strong disagreements about these things. And like, I didn't write this. 
If Jesus wrote this then as the head of the church, then our response would be, yes, sir. If that's the way he set it up, yes, sir. We'll be glad to find an apostle, right? Uh, and, of course, you know, we're not going to go into the whole structure of the church and how it all, the rest of it's all laid out. But uh, we want to follow. <clears throat> we want to go back, let's go back to Luke 24 then. Uh, and we want to follow the design that the head of the church placed over us. Amen? If he placed over us that, that uh, he came to the earth uh, and, and he intentionally, right? It wasn't an accident. It wasn't just like, hey, let's cool, let's try this. He came to the earth and says he set aside all of his glory, right? He set aside all of his ability as God and he came to the earth as a baby with no inherent power and ability. Uh, and there are no stories of Jesus when he was eight years old, you know, healing the wing of a butterfly and you no know, stories when he was 14 years old, you know, he, healing the broken arm of his best buddy, you know, that he just uh, fell out of a tree. There's no stories like that. Why? Because he wasn't anointed. He wasn't anointed until the Holy Ghost came upon him in the River Jordan when, when John baptized him. And then he, because he said, I can of mine own self do what? Nothing. nothing. He said that many times. I can of mine own self do nothing. So is that a true statement? Well, that can't be true. He's God. It's true because he said it was true and because we know that he laid all that aside and he came with the intention of being an example to us. Not just to be, well, that's nice for Jesus. Uh, and Jesus is like, well, yeah, I'm doing this to show you how to do it. That I'm going to do it. I'm going to show you here's how to do it well. And then I'm going to hand that over to you. Now you do it just like I did. That's what that was always the plan of the head of the, the, the head of the church. And that was for the whole body of Christ, not just for the ministry gifts, right? Because he said the ministry gifts are here to perfect the saints. He didn't say the ministry gifts are here to do all the work of the, of the, of the Lord because he said, he just said, well, we read there in, in Ephesians uh, 4.12, for, for the perfecting saints, for the work of the ministry. So it's intended that the, that the head of the church trains the church, right? I mean, the head of the, head of the church gives the gifts to, uh, uh, to the church and those gifts train the church so that the people that are training are doing the primary work of the church. Uh, the vast majority of, of salvations uh, and even healings should be coming through the, the, the members of the body of Christ, not through the ministry gifts. And yet right now, still even now, the majority of supernatural things come through ministry gifts. The, the majority of supernatural signs and wonders and healings and deliverance are coming through the ministry gifts. But the head of the church said, no, you're supposed to be teaching uh, and perfecting and causing the saints to grow up. So they're doing that work. They're the ones supposed to be doing that work. And they come back and, and just like the disciples came back to Jesus, oh, gee, every, everything you said worked. Uh, even the demons uh, obey us in thy name. And that should be the same. They come back to the church and say, Pastor, everything you taught us worked. We went out there and you said just lay hands on the sick in, in faith and they'll, they'll, they'll get healed. And we did and it worked. It's like, a, it's like, uh, like magic. Yeah, that's right. That's what the Lord said. Amen. And that should be the testimony uh, of the church, right? Standing up. And, uh, I mean, it, it's great that oftentimes testimony is, is what I obtained from the Lord and that's great. But a, a, an even bigger testimony is I, I took what the Lord, what the Lord taught you through uh, from the pulpit and I took that out and, and, and these three people were saved and those two people were healed and that person was delivered. Uh, that, that should be an even better testimony, amen? We don't see that as much as we, as we need to yet uh, and I believe we're gonna, we, we will start seeing that, amen? That's the testimony that the Lord desires to hear because the ministry gifts are here to perfect you, to equip you, right? Uh, that, that's the word perfect means to cause you to be mature, but it also means to equip you. Equip you with what? Equip you with the knowledge of faith. You go out, oh, uh, you mean I can just go lay hands on a sick? Absolutely, you can. 
You mean I can preach the gospel to anybody? Absolutely you can. You mean I can cast out devils? Absolutely you can. Uh, well, I'm going to go do that. Uh, well, that's really the design. That the, the, is that what we read from the head of the church? That Jesus gave these gifts for this purpose? Uh, then, then, then the gifts should focus on those things. The gifts of the church, which include the pastor, should uh, elevate that thing, right? The most important thing uh, is, uh, in my heart, the teaching of the word, number one. Uh, and I had, had one fellow fuss at me because uh, the way we set up, uh, we had a bunch of children uh, in the children's church, we needed to have some structure, more structure there, so we assigned somebody to run that, uh, and, uh, and then we said, well, I want you to have, I want you to, to have a sign-up sheet, because in my heart, uh, I want you to have a sign-up sheet of volunteers to help in the children's uh, ministry, so that you're not the only one doing it, because uh, I want you to minimize how much time you're out of the sanctuary. I want you to maximize how much time you're in the sanctuary to hear the word of God so that you can be equipped, right? And that's the whole point of it. And that, that's the fundamental design of the head of the church. Uh, and, they, and, and, and they said, no, we're not doing it that way. We're going to have this person just do it all the time. Well, then they're, they're not in the sanctuary. They're not hearing the word of God. They're not seeing the, the examples of how to pray for the sick. And they're not learning how to be equipped. Yeah, they're, they're changing diapers, and that's great. Somebody's got to change them, right? Uh, they're, they're teaching the, the children, and that's great. Somebody's got to teach them. But how do you know what to teach them if you're not in the sanctuary? How do you know how to, 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 to pray for them? I mean, didn't we have one child, was it, they got born again or get, uh, just recently, right? Uh, how do you know how to pray for them if you're not in the, in the sanctuary? You know how, what it means to get born again. I mean, a child can get born again. They've got simple faith. Uh, and so how, how are you learning those things? And, and, and they thought it was a power struggle between me and them. It's like, well, there's no struggle. You're fired, you know. I mean, uh, you know, it's just no problem here, right? Uh, and so, uh, well, and they said, well, you're wrong. Well, okay, I'm wrong. Then Jesus is wrong, and Paul is wrong, and, and the, the head of the church is wrong. And uh, I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. When I read this, then, then that's my responsibility. Uh, and, and my job, uh, what's that? And you're still fired. And, and you're still fired, right? Yeah. Uh, my job is, is to, okay, Jesus gave me an example. And then Paul gave me an example because Paul said, this is how I'm doing the gospel. And, and my response was, okay, if Jesus did that and Paul did that, then I should be exactly like that, right? I shouldn't be different. I shouldn't be like, well, we're not doing it that way. You know, we're doing it. I've got a better way than Jesus and a better way than Paul. Uh, and, and I'm sure, you know, when Paul and Jesus get together, they're like, what did he say? He said, he, he, you know, he's going a different direction today, you know. Uh, and uh, uh, did you tell him that, Paul? I didn't tell him that. You know, Jesus, you tell him that. I didn't tell him that. Uh, and so, so Jesus is telling us here back in, in Luke 24, he said, behold, I send the promise. So he's prophesying what was going to uh, happen here shortly in Acts chapter 2, of my father upon you, but tear you in, in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with what? Power, supernatural miracle working power from on high. Uh, and of course, I, I was reading something, uh, someone today, or just the other day about someone and, and their doctrine, right? This is my doctrine, you know, um, um, uh, non uh, charismatic. I thought, what? what? You know, that, that seemed like a really dumb thing to. Uh, I don't believe the Bible. You know, I mean, then, then, then nothing else matters, right? How many people did God intend to be charismatic or Pentecostal? Everyone. There, did He ever say, "Well, this group over here, no, no Pentecostal for you. This group over here, you're the wild ones. You swing from the chandeliers." Roll around on the floor a while, but these are the these are the, the respectable ones over here. So and never the twain shall meet, right? 
Uh, no, the head of the church is, he's like, who is he saying this to? In Luke 24, to the church. Now, we know that this, when he said go and tarry in Jerusalem, that that was for a specific singular time, right? Because God likes things done according to how he likes things done. He said, I want to I be crucified on Pentecost, um, on, on Passover, and I want the Holy Ghost to fall on Pentecost on the, that day. Well, why? Because he's God, he can do whatever he wants to. But, but after he kicked it off the first time, then, then when, uh, when could people get the Holy Spirit? Anytime, right? We see examples in the Word of God. Sometimes uh, 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 it was always in this order first. They always got born again. You look at all the examples of the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts, they always got born again first. After that, then the other two baptisms, there's three baptisms, right? Number one baptism is being baptized into the body of Christ, which means you get born again. Second baptism is baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Third baptism is baptism of water. And we see the first one is always first one. And the other two, sometimes they were baptized, remember, with Cornelius' house? They got the Holy Ghost, and then Peter said, well, uh, should we withhold water from them, since seeing that they ha- uh, have the Holy Ghost like we do? And so they got baptized, the Holy Ghost spoke in tongues, and then they got water baptized. Some people say water baptism comes first. Like, well, there's, no, there's not a single example ever that somebody got water baptized, and then they were saved. It was always, uh, always first received the Word of God by faith, and then either got uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit or baptized in water, in that order. Uh, and so, uh, so the Lord said uh, that you're going to be endued with power from on high. So uh, he did tell him to wait in Jerusalem at this time, but that's the only time. And yet in the Pentecostal circles, now I didn't grow up that way, but I'm sure Brother Tony did, where you got to tarry, brother. I'm tarrying for the Holy Ghost. Well, then you're doing it wrong because what did he say? Tarry where? In Jerusalem. So where are you at? You're in Dayton. You're never going to get it because you got to fly to, to Jerusalem Go to Jerusalem and go get a hotel if you're going to be legalistic about it, right? Is that what Jesus said? Terry where? In Jerusalem. So the only place you could get the Holy Ghost would then be in Jerusalem, right? I mean, if that's, if that's true, if you're tarrying, you've got to do the way he told you to do it. And of course, you know, well, I, we can't do that, brother. Well, then you got your doctrine wrong anyway, right? Uh, and yet, how many people do you know tarried for decades sometimes? I'm still tarrying, right? Probably still tarrying, right? Uh, and, and yet... Jesus, every single example, other than the book of Acts, other than, I mean, other than Acts chapter 2, they got it any time they had faith, right? And many times immediately. And many times at the moment they got born again, they were immediately filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke with tongues. Now, for me, it was about a year and a half after I got born again until I received the Holy Spirit. Uh, I was a little slow. But some people, you pray for them to get saved, and they start speaking in tongues. It's like, well, you know, some people just that way, right? Uh, oh, there are some people just got such simple faith, right? Uh, and uh, it's just wrong. Uh, and so it's not wrong, of course. Uh, but um, so, so this, he said he wants you to be endued with supernatural miracle working power. What was Jesus endued with? Supernatural miracle working power. Now, were there only apostles at the day of Pentecost? No, there was a, how many were in the upper room praying? 120, so that's 10 times the number of apostles, right? Well, actually, there was a little bit more because they were, they were down by one. They got one more in, in Acts chapter 1, so they're back up to 12. Uh, uh, and so by Acts chapter 2, then, they had 10 times as many people as they had apostles. How many got the Holy Spirit? All of them, right? Yeah. And so, so that means that if they were, he said, that, that you were endued with supernatural miracle working power. So how many of them were then were endued with supernatural miracle working power? All of them. So was it just the apostles? 
wasn't just the apostles. Uh, see, uh, the Lord, the Lord, he starts out slow. He was the only one, right, anointed, and then he brought in the 12, and then he added the 70. And, you know, he's still kind of slow because we didn't hear much about the 70 after that, uh, after Luke chapter 10. And, and then, but he hits Pentecost and it explodes, right? Uh, he got the 12 born again there uh, and, and probably uh, the 120 born again there in uh, John chapter 20. Uh, still moving along kind of slow, creeping along slow because he's planning, right? He's strategizing. He's making sure things are established the way he wants them. And he hits Acts chapter 2 and it explodes uh, like an atomic bomb on the earth, right? Uh, and suddenly the church explodes. You got 50, 60, 70, 80,000 people in the church at Jerusalem and it expands around the world, you know, almost overnight, right? And Paul's ministry expanded through, through much of the civilized world. Uh, and then, of course, other people then went to Asia and then went to North America and South America uh, and, uh, and it hasn't stopped, right? And that was always the plan of the Lord. And, and so he, he told the whole church, not just the 12, I want you to be endued with supernatural miracle work and power. Uh, and, of course, then, then we go uh, to uh, uh, Acts chapter 1. We see the reiteration of the same thing, right? In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said, But you shall receive power. Now, see, Luke wrote Luke and wrote the book of Acts, right? And so Jesus, he, he, Luke's not repeating himself. Jesus is repeating himself. He says, just remember, we're getting close to the day of Pentecost. Uh, and when you, when you get there, then what I want you to do is to, be, is to receive power there. Again, that word power is, is dunamis, right? Supernatural miracle work of power. I want the entire church, all 120 of you. Now, how many people did he, did he appear to when he was, uh, after he was resurrected? Paul tells us it was 500 people. How many people were there at the day of Pentecost? 120. Well, you know Jesus told all 500 to go, to go in the upper room, right? And he only got 25% response. Um, so it tells you, you know, I mean, if you get 25 response, you well, I'm just like Jesus, right? Uh, and so uh, you think about that. Did Jesus appear to you? Yeah, yeah I know, I'm, I'm kind of busy, right? What day is that on? Yeah, Thursday, that's bowling night, you know? I mean, you know, I just, I just, I, I'm, about to, I'm about to break a record here, Jesus. And, and um, uh, can we, uh, how about Friday? You, you busy Friday? And Jesus is just like, you know, it's, oh, whatever, you know? Uh, so he only got 25% of the people he asked. Actually, it's slightly less, right? Because 25% would mean that he talked to 480, uh, but he talked to 500, so he's at less than 25%. But he said, I want you to receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, right? And so now he's talking to born-again people. He's not talking about uh, uh, people who have not been converted. These people have been born again right here. All right, according to John chapter 20, they're all born again here. And he said, after that is when you'll be witnesses to me. So, he, so the head of the church, the plan of the church was get supernatural miracle work and power and then uh, allow the ministry gifts to perfect you and equip you and show you how to do that. And you go out and, and uh, preach the gospel to the whole world with power, right? Uh, and so uh, let's look at one more verse and then, and then we'll go uh, for today. Let's turn over to uh, 2 Timothy uh, we know this verse well here, but it's just good to, to read it here. Second Timothy chapter 1. Uh, now, if you're endued with supernatural miracle work and power, what would you do with that supernatural miracle work and power? You would do supernatural miracle working things, right? I mean, it's kind of, you know, uh, we're going to use that supernatural miracle work and power and get the best chairs in, in the whole state. Is that what you do with supernatural miracle? We're going to have the best sign 
we're gonna have a digital sign, and it's gonna be cool, and, and uh, we're gonna get a fog machine, and we're gonna have you know, disco ball lights, and we're gonna use that supernatural miracle working power to have disco night every, every day at church. Is that, is that what you would do? With, I, I mean, surely not, right? Uh, and so, so Paul tells Timothy here, now was Timothy uh, one of the uh, apostles? Uh, I think Timothy may have been mentioned to be an apostle uh, different places. You know, right now he's the pastor of, of the church at Ephesus. Um, uh, and I'll have to go back and look at my notes if he was one of the uh, ones who were mentioned as apostles. Uh, but uh, right here, but, but most people who say that doctrine would never think of Timothy anyway, right? So we'll leave that alone for that part. But Paul is saying uh, here, he said, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Now this gift here, this word gift, this Greek word gift is charisma. So, uh, you know, people say, well, you can't, you can't uh, give people gifts. Paul said that this supernatural gift, whatever it was, now he didn't, he didn't specify which one it was of the nine gifts and manifestations mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, but he said that, that Timothy got it by the putting on of his hands. Uh, and so there is a call of God that... that uh, it's by the direction of the Holy Ghost, right? It's not just, well, I'll, you know, uh, uh, word of wisdom for you and, and miracles for you. And, uh, it's, it doesn't work that way, right? The Holy Spirit will say, uh, I want to assign that person that gift. You go pray for them and, and impart that gift into their life, right? That's, what, uh, that's the way it would work. Uh, and so, but, but Timothy got that supernatural gift, right? Again, that, that's a, the charisma gift there in, in uh, uh, 2 Timothy 1.6, by the putting on of the hands of Paul, and it said, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, and of course, uh, what, what Greek word for power do you think that one is? It's dunamis, right? It's supernatural miracle work of power of God. So God has not given us, right? And that's, not, that's us inclusive, right? That's Paul and us. Uh, he, he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of supernatural miracle working power. So he gave the whole church. Because uh, did he give anybody in the church the spirit of fear? Then when he said he didn't give you the spirit of fear, he's, he's talking about the whole church, right? He didn't give anybody in the church the spirit of fear. Uh, did he give the whole church uh, love? That word love there is agape. Did he give the whole church the agape love of God? The Bible says in Romans 5, 5, that we, we have the love of God shed abroad on our hearts by the Holy Ghost that's given to us. Uh, did he give the whole church uh, a sound mind? That word sound mind can be clear thinking. It also can mean uh, uh, moderation, right? So uh, it's kind of a big word there. Uh, but did he intend the whole church to have a sound mind? Sure. Well, if he intended the whole church to have love and the whole church to have a sound mind, the whole church to be free from fear, then he intended the whole church to have supernatural miracle work of power. Right. Uh, and so, you, you know, you can't just, well, yeah, oh, that's for everybody, that's for everybody, that, not that one. Well, well, that, you know, you're just making up doctrine. Because the intention, if you read the intention the way he's, he's writing it, then, then it's obvious he wants all these things for all the people in the whole church. Not just for ministers, right? Not, and not just for first century Christians, not just to uh, get a church established forever and all time. Why? Because there's always a need for supernatural gifts in the church, right? There's always a need for the supernatural in the church. Uh, and so, uh, and, and why is that? Well, because again, we see the, we see the, tra- the, the transition, the plan that Jesus started this way, anointed by God, right? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy, Holy Spirit and what? power, supernatural miracle work of power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with them. So, uh, so Jesus was anointed with the power. He told the, the early disciples, 120, I want you to be anointed with the power. 
And then Paul is telling, now Paul wasn't part of the 120, right? Paul came after all of that, and Paul was anointed with power as an apostle. Now he's telling the pastor, the head of the church, that God has not given you and all of us, right, these things, uh, including supernatural power. So uh, uh, the, the plan from the beginning was always the church was supposed to be utilizing supernatural miracle work and power, all of us, every day of our lives. And most of the time, we, we are somewhat selfish in that, that we use that supernatural power only for our personal benefit. We obtain healing, and that's great. We obtain deliverance, and that's great. He always wanted us to be a giving church, to give this supernatural power to those who, who either don't have access to it or who are unaware that they have access to it, right? So the, the, the world has no access to the supernatural power of God, uh, and so we go deliver that to them. But then many of our peers in the church, in the local churches, they are unaware that they have access to that, and so we go and assist them, amen, because that's the work of the ministry uh, in doing these things. Uh, and so did that supernatural miracle work of power come to an end at the cross? Did it come to an end after the last apostle died? No, and was, did the last apostle ever actually die? No, I mean, so the, the, none of the arguments even make any sense, right? Uh, most of the time, doubt and unbelief can withstand no scrutiny at all. Because you start asking questions, you know, well, okay, the last apostle died. Well, there's no other apostles other than the 12. What about Paul? Oh, yeah, yeah, well, that Paul. Well, Barnabas was called an apostle. What about him? Well, oh, okay, I didn't know he was called an apostle, but yeah, we'll let him, we'll let him slide through, right? Well, what about uh, Timothy, right? I mean, he, he was a dude with supernatural miracle work of power. He wasn't an apostle. You know, we, we know him to be the pastor of a church. Well, well yeah, a pastor's okay. Well, there's no pastors today? Yeah, there are pastors. Well, except for that group over there. They don't believe in pastors, but, you know. Uh, uh, but most, churches, most of the church believes in pastors, right? Uh, and so it just doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, and what makes sense is Jesus was the example do it like that and just keep on going until he comes back and finishes up the whole, whole need for the church to be here on the earth. Okay, well, that, that's the plan, right? Nothing should have changed from the ministry of Jesus all the way till today. We should be doing exactly what Jesus said. He told us he would be doing what he said, what he did, you know, by example, the works that he did, right? Not just the words that he said, but the works that he did. And everybody believed, oh, yeah, we should preach the words of Jesus. That's great. Are you doing the works of Jesus too? Are you doing the things that he did? Well, no, that, that came to an end. Well, then his words would have come to an end, which, of course, they haven't, but... Uh, it, it doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, it's it just, uh, you know, if you look at the big picture of the church, to me, it always makes perfect sense. Really clear, very simple. Be like Jesus, right? Do the same thing he did for the whole church. Amen? Uh, and, and Jesus held a specific role to, I'm going to go teach the apostles how they should, how should they be. Uh, I'm going to go teach the, the 70 how they, should, how they should go out and do these things. And then when he left, he said, well, I still need teachers in the church, so I'm going to get these five groups of people over here, and, and they're going to take over that role of teaching the people how to operate in the, in the world and operate in the church. And they're, they're going to take over my role because I'm not on the earth anymore, so I need a, a, an earthbound representative of teachers and instructors and apostles and, pro, and prophets and evangelists uh, and pastors. I, I need that group of people to continue that work of perfecting the saints, just like I did when I was on the earth. I perfected the people around me to go do this work, and they did. Uh, now I need to, to continue. I'm in heaven now. I need that work to continue. And so people struggle sometimes. Well, you know, we're all the same. We're not all the same. We're not all the same. Amen. You've got to call upon your life. I've got to call upon my life. Those, th those two callings may be completely different. doesn't mean that you're not uh, as valuable as, as I am. I'm not more important than you are. But uh, you don't have my role. I've got my role. You've got your role. Uh, and, and, and I'm okay with that, right? Uh, a lot of people are like, well, you know, you should never... 
nobody more important than anybody else in church, so we don't, we don't need pastors. You know, we're all pastors, right? We're all anointed of God. And, and what do they do? They try to, to minimize the plan of the head of the church and say, no, we know better. Yeah, and they try to do away with the church, right? They try to get rid of the structure of the church. Well, the, we don't need structured churches. How much structure would you have to have with 80,000 people? You know, there's a lot of structure that you would have to have. And, and you go through the book of Acts, especially when it talks about the church at Jerusalem, a lot of structure, right? They had deacons assigned to, they got to go take care of the food for the widows, right? So that means somebody was tracking who the widows were. Are you a qualified widow, right? I mean, if, you, if you're a widow, but you've got 12 kids and they're all uh, of working age, then we don't need to take care of you. Your kids take care of you. Okay, well, we've got to do that, right? We've got to make sure that, that, uh, that, that people bring in food, right? Because in the book of Acts, people were bringing in stuff. They were selling stuff and bringing the money to the... So somebody had to track all of that, right? There was a lot of structure in the church. They act like, well, you just, it's all just in the cloud, and we don't... No, there was a lot of structure in the church, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with structure. You just have to make sure that structure doesn't uh, supplant the move of God and the teaching of the Word, Amen because uh, people will structure uh, miracles right out of the church. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. And, Father, we see by example that you've always planned for supernatural miracle work and power to, to begin with your example, Father, to continue with the apostles and the 120 in the early part of the book of Acts, but to spread through the entire church, Father, that the whole church is to be endued with supernatural power from on high. We thank you for that, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. It's, uh, um, you know, the, the, uh, over the years, as I continue to study these things, it always gets simpler and simpler to me, the plan of Jesus, right? It was never intended to be complicated. It's supposed to be really simple, really basic, right? We're, we're here to learn and to take what we learn and go and help the world uh, to become part of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and so, uh, Jared, if you'll come ahead, we'll receive this afternoon's offering. Uh, and so first offering for healing school in 2024 so uh, it's awesome amen uh, and so uh, we've got a ways to go in this book we're about halfway through this book here uh, but um, he, he, he he's making a good point uh, in how he's gone through um, making the case that that uh, this is for today amen that uh, uh, the of course the, the title of the book is bodily healing and the atonement right that the work that Jesus did on a cross continue with bodily healing amen uh, and why did he have to write a book like that because people say that that came to an end uh, and yet uh, the word of god is, is full of obvious evidence that that's not true and yet people you know when, when they're confronted with this they go that ain't so <laughs> well why it ain't so it says it's so well i don't believe it that way I, but i mean is that an option can you look at the word of god well Lord, you're wrong jesus you shouldn't have done it that way let's do it this way instead uh, it's easy to go, I'll, I'll take that under advisement, right? Uh, he's never going to take your doubt and unbelief under advisement, amen? Uh, and so uh, don't try. I mean, you could try, people try, been trying for centuries, right? And Jesus is like, no, we're not doing that. Anyway, praise God, be blessed, and uh, we'll see you next Sunday, right?